0: Hello, everybody. This is the Dream It Alive
1: show. I am your host, Ash Kumra, co-founder of DreamItAlive.com. DreamItAlive.com is an online community that helps you become the best version of yourself. We provide visualization tools, helpful goal-setting tools like dream boards, aka vision boards, and helpful personal development content. So check it out. Become the next version of yourself at DreamItAlive.com. I am really, really excited for today's guest. Today's guest is Nigel Barker. Many of you know of him. He's a very famous fashion photographer. He's worked with some of the best people that you can think of. He's worked with supermodels, Taylor Swift. He is a former judge of America's Next Top Model. And most recently... I believe this week he's actually launched an amazing book called The Models of Influence, a beautiful volume spotlighting 50 of the most influential models from the 1940s to the present day and revealing each woman's place in the f- place of fashion and pop culture. I personally got to read this book, and it is quite a book. I have to say I'm a big uh, fashion connoisseur myself. I've read many books in that arena. And fashion is something that I think all dreamers, regardless of where you in, has had an effect in and I'm just going to read you something real quick from his book regarding why models are so important. They hold up a mirror to society and show us where we are and where we still have room to grow. What is considered beautiful evolves, but it's very often through models and fashion that we come to understand beauty in the context of our time and by extension within ourselves. Uh, it's just a, it's just such a touching uh, segment, so I, I really, really uh, hope this book does well. I know it will kick butt, and um, everyone who's interested in fashion and understanding creativity across the whole need to read it. So, Nigel, how are you today?
0: I'm very well, thank you. I wasn't sure if you knew I was on the other end of the line or not. <laughs> how lovely to hear your voice and to hear you read my book. Very nice. Very well, thank you.
1: Good, good. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, Nigel, I'm curious. Tell us a little about your upbringing, Um, specifically what got you into uh, the fashion industry. I know you started off as a model first, but walk us through that journey if you don't mind.
0: No, not at all. Um, You know, I I grew up with, as I like to say, a model in the house. My mother uh, had been a, a model during the 60s and 70s, and um, you know her career started in you know in Sri Lanka, which is where my mother is from, and as a beauty queen who who then travelled to England, and and you know I got a, I guess I got a taste and a flavour for what it was like. And, and a, a little bit of her career growing up as a child, with her amazing pictures all over, the, all over the house and what have you. Um, but I never as a kid really thought, thought of it as a career. In fact, I was destined to go to medical school. I was pretty good at the sciences and what have you. And my mum actually entered me into a competition, um, ironically, considering the way my, my career then went, um, in 1989 on a TV show called The Clothes Show. That was one of the very first, if not the first, televised um, modeling searches. Uh, I didn't win. I got on the show though, and I I was in the the top four, um, and I got a contract out of it. And I thought, you know, before going to medical school, let's do a little bit of um of modelling and and see the world and what have you. My my mum encouraged me and said, you know, it'll be good for you. And you know, I'd been in an English boarding school up until then, and really had a a naive view of the world, and it was a a great opportunity, and. it went well. It went very well. I ended up living in Paris and Milan and New York in that one year and working for Valentino and Jean-Franco Fauré and a whole host of people, Armani, and, 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 um, and I even got the chance to do a bit of work with Ralph Lauren in, in New York. And we said, Let, let's extend it for two years. Then of course, um, I say unfortunately almost, but for my mother at the time, I think they were all excited until you know, they said, well, it's time to go back to school. And then I sort of said, well, actually not. Um, I rather like it here. Uh, this is a rather kooky, unusual world, and and you know, it, it dawned on me too that growing up as a young man in England, who was um, half Sri Lankan, I, I think I spent my entire childhood explaining to people, uh, and in, 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 at an English boarding school too, why I was not the same colour as they were, and why I was different, and. Um, and it was kind of boring as a kid. You didn't really know why you were being asked. It. People would say, Well, where are you from? And I'm like, Well, I'm from here. Where are you from? Um, but in the modeling industry, it was the one place where no one ever asked where you were from. They just wanted to see what you could do. And, and that was enormously refreshing for me. Now, I'm not saying this is the only profession, but it, for me, this is what I had discovered. And um, and I, you know, I I was very excited by the the creativity and the the the, the talent and you know all aspects of the business—and I ended up modelling for about five six years. It was never the modelling part that excited me particularly, but. You know the range of talent I was surrounded with, and as a young man, I'd always been interested in photography. And again, like I said, I'd never really thought of it as a career. Uh, in, growing up in the seventies and eighties in England, it wasn't a career. It, there weren't degrees in photography. You had to apprentice someone to do it, and all the rest of it. Um, but I, I, I had kept a camera by my side, and you know, throughout all my photo shoots, would be very interested in you know where the cameras were being placed and where the lights were going and how that affected the film and the overall look. and Very often times I would take a snap of the light setups actually and then look at the pictures of myself in the magazines when they came out and sort of understand that if you put the lights here and you did this and you did that, this is how it would look. But more importantly, how photographers reacted with, with people and the ones that I liked that brought the most out of me and try to pick up bits like that along the way. And come the 90s, mid 90s, you know, I started in the late 80s, which is that sort of supermodel zone where, you know, Christy Turling to Linda Evangelista, Naomi Campbell, voluptuous, uh, beautiful women, uh, incredible figures, and all the rest of it. But then, of course, came the 90s, and that um, androgynous waif look took over. And, you know, I didn't want to stop working in the business, but I, I looked at myself in the mirror and said, you're not a wife. Um, and you know, This is not something you can really pursue successfully, but perhaps photography. And I transitioned. It took me a couple of years, and I transitioned um, from one side of the lens to the other and moved to New York and set up a studio. And that's really what got me to where I am sort of today.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, I, I have a question for me, and this is actually from our audience. I did a little... Uh social media blitz yesterday promoting this interview and I was happy to say we got a lot of um, questions that were emailed to me and one of the questions that really caught my eye was um, what was that breakthrough moment as a photographer where you knew that okay this is not just a hobby this is not just my way of getting into fashion outside of modeling this is not about you know continuing that creative legacy that my family in particular my mom got me into this is, my, this is my true purpose. This is my dream. Like, wh- tell us you know, briefly about that project or experience that made you say, okay, I'm in this for the long run.
0: Well, I, I think you know, it's funny. It's always hard to pinpoint any one given moment, but I happen to think that in many respects there was, there was one person. That 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 triggered this in me. And, and, you know, and had I not met her, I almost certainly would have gone back to medical school and, and probably not been as brave as I thought, you know, as I sound like I, I was at the time. You know, I think, you know, to, to sort of basically explain what I'm saying, I fell in love. Um, and I fell in love with a woman who I married with today, and she was a model, and she is still a, a model citizen for sure. And worked very closely with me, and, and I I met Chrissy and her identical twin Kimmy uh, in nineteen ninety four, and. I just became sort of somewhat obsessed with her, and she became my muse. I guess is what we call it <laughs> in the photography business. And I-, I photographed, uh you know, prolifically every moment of of her and her sister's um, modeling career at the time. And you know, as a young man who was starting to to shoot, and you know, had the camera on me all the time. And you know, obviously being a young model myself, I got. To, to hang out with my, my girlfriend at the time, my, who was my wife now, who was the model and all their friends. And they would come back from the jobs that they were doing and they would have this incredible makeup on. And, you know, you would then have the opportunity to photograph them, you know, if, if they let you with their makeup on before they washed it off. Um, and, you know, so you, you, I built up this great portfolio and actually there was a photographer at the time, well, a model at the time, who's now a great photographer called Mario Sorrenti, who um, I actually sort of lived with on and off for for a few months at a time um, back when we were both models in the early 90s in Greece and in other parts of the world, you know, and and he did the same thing. But of course, his his muse was Kate Moss at the time. You know, and I remember his scrapbook that he had of all these pictures of Kate that he was taking, um, cutting them out and putting them in his book and just shooting her as she came back. And oftentimes, nude and one of the reasons why so often these photographs are nude is because the one thing we photographers don't have is access to clothes. We have access to, you know, the, the girls have the, ha- the hair and the makeup that they've done that they don't t- leave at the shoot and come back with unless they wash their face, but they have you know, you, you have them and they're having, you know so at that moment, a lot of young photographers portfolios are actually extensively nude uh, and you know, if you look at the early campaigns that, that certainly Kate did um, for Calvin Klein as obsession campaigns that caused such a furore across the industry, uh, Um, She was scantily clad, you know, Um, and and I guess meeting my wife, Chrissy, at that time and taking so many beautiful pictures of her just struck a a chord in me that I thought, my goodness, the hair standing up on the back of my neck every time I take a picture of her. I love this business. I love finding somebody. and creating that relationship and and really telling a story and creating a narrative in a picture. And when someone looks at a picture of yours, if they can, if they look at it and and wonder, if they look at it and dream, if they look at it and imagine, if they look at it and think anything at all, you've succeeded. Uh, And, you know, so that became something that I became very passionate about.
1: I, you know, thank you for sharing that answer. And I I really felt a, I felt a really positive energy when I heard you say all that, and your wife is clearly an extraordinary woman, and um, tell your wife on my behalf, thank you for pushing you to do what you're doing, because you really do do beautiful work, and it really shows in your book. I really enjoyed reading your book, not only just from the, the beautiful visuals that you have showcased, but also you really give a rundown on the effect that fashion and modeling and, um, these powerful women have had in our culture, not only in um, America, but across the world. I'm curious, Nigel, what inspired you to write this book? I mean, you've, you've written a, you did a project prior to this, you know, you've been, you know, a TV personality and you still are a TV personality. You have a thriving photography business. Um, you are a celebrity of all sorts. Uh, why this book?
0: You know, I felt it was a sort of a time to give back, to be honest. And, and I, you know, there are so many of these amazing women who I've worked with over the years. And um, I was sitting on our porch, actually, in our house in, in Alabama. My wife's from Alabama. If you can believe that in Englishman and, uh, <laughs> and, and a girl that. from Alabama, wow. <laughs> you know, so um, you know, no wonder I fell in love. Right? Um, what could be more dr- dreamy than that? But anyway, I, I met this beautiful. You know, I was sitting on. I'm going back to my old story now. But no, I, I was sitting on the porch uh, in our house in Alabama, looking at the bay, and you know, listening to the waves of you know in the water hit the pier and the rustling of the leaves. And and this is where I wrote my last book. And I, and I just remember think, you know talking about the industry and talking about my mother, you know, and realizing just how profound an effect she had on me as a young man growing up. And not so much um, just because she was a model, but because, you know, I, and I realized how hard it had been for her. I mean, uh, as, a, as a young kid, you don't really get it because you're, you're in it until you get a little older and you look back and you sort of sympathize and empathize with things that people had to go through because you're dealing with them yourself in your own life, you know. And, and, and I realized that, you know, as a young woman, there she was struggling to be a model, um, and what she must have stood for for, for other women of, of uh, ethnicity like who are part Sri Lankan or are Sri Lankan or are of any color quite frankly you know it, it, it allows those women to feel beautiful to to be seen and and to realize that their their beauty is accepted and, and sometimes you hear these things now it all sounds normal it all sounds like well of course you know that, that why wouldn't they be beautiful but you have to realize that the story of of, of beauty is not that easy. In fact, women have, have had a tough time over the years and, and, you know, models like Naomi Sims and people who fought to be the first black lady on the cover of a magazine and on a TV commercial and Naomi Campbell and Tyra Banks and, and, and you know, and, and not just models who are black, but models of every na- ethnicity and every um, shape and size and, and height and everything and just even just small changes in beauty, there's a story behind it, and, and there's a, a story of freedom, there's a, a story of confidence, and there's a story of compassion, and there's a story of spontaneity. And I, I think they, those are things that I love and I thrive on, and I, I wanted to tell that story.
1: Okay, no, that's a, that makes a lot of sense, and it clearly shows as you're reading the pages, uh, you know, the the detail and the influence these women have. So my generation, I grew up. Watching uh, models like Giselle come out and, you know, really shake the ground running, you know, through her through her projects, by, through Vogue, through the Victoria's Secrets projects, to the things she's doing now. And I personally have this affinity towards Giselle. I'm curious, do you see a correlation? You're not the only one. <laughs> I think I could speak on every man. Every, hate to break every this person, to you. Yeah, for every man in the world, I mean, I'm an ambassador of the Giselle fan club. <laughs> But <laughs> I, I'm curious though, I I, I feel that like there's a parallel with models, particular supermodels or influential models like Giselle's of the world and maybe prior Cindy Crawford and prior, you know, various models. I feel that like they have a big effect on pop culture. And my question is is just because Giselle is someone in the modern day and you did profile Giselle, do you feel that? Um, Giselle, because you you wrote about how Giselle kind of stood out from the crowd. She was, you know, she was playful. She was very easygoing. Uh, people on shoots noticed how friendly she was with everyone. That that Brazilian charm. Do you feel that her effect, the Giselle effect, might have inspired other segments of pop culture, specifically like the Beyonce's, the Taylor Swift's, or our society embracing um, female beauty in a way that's well, absolutely. not shown?
0: OK, I know. Absolutely. I know for sure. I mean, I think if you look, you have to if you think back is sort of historically just to when Giselle really broke, you know, in the sort of early 2000s and what have you. You know, We were and at that point, we were still in a sort of androgynous grunge kind of look and, you know, and, and still talking about her and chic and still talking about all that kind of stuff. I mean, Giselle pretty much single handedly. Ended that 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 whole look. She sort of stepped onto the scene, Uh, you know. And this is a time when you know Brazilian models were were not common. You know, we, we, there they, they they were, they were a whole group of models that we just really hadn't found yet. And, you know, again, when you look at what's happening now, well, I thought the Brazilian models are normal. That's what we see all the time. Everyone knows they're gorgeous. So, you know, they're, they're everywhere. Um, same with models from the Eastern Bloc. Same now with models with China. But back then, just what is this? Uh, 20, 15 years ago in, in the year 2000, that wasn't the case. You know, it's, it's, so much has changed in, in a short period of time. And when she stepped onto the scene, you know, you hear designers like Galliano and people who said when they saw her, my goodness! Like, oh my gosh! Who who is this person? As if the ground shook beneath them. They hadn't seen anything like it. You know, it's almost like a child going to the zoo and seeing a tiger for the very first time, never having seen one before, other than a cuddly toy on television, and going, <laughs> and their heart just jumping out of their out, you know out of their mouth. Like, oh my god! That, that that thing is real. This person is alive. You know that you can look like that. Um, and I remember just actually seeing Giselle walking down the street uh, and I had no idea at that point that it was her I, and, and I just watched as literally a car almost swerved over. Somebody else almost fell over as they were walking by and, and she, she was completely oblivious. She was just wandering down the street with her hair bouncing around and you just saw people just moved physically by her presence. You know? And she, she had a complete sort of uh, joy de vie about it. She had no, no, no sort of knowledge of what was happening around her, uh, at least it seemed. Um, you know, and, and when she... Uh, I guess once she entered into the, into the business, people were like, my goodness, who are these Latin girls uh, uh, who have a, a sense of freedom about themselves, a, a sense of sex appeal about themselves at a time when, like I said, it was the end of the androgynous look. But the androgynous look was, in a way, it was sexy, but only in a very quirky and odd and um, sort of sometimes uncomfortable way. And everything about Giselle was, was the reverse, it was all about, and that happens in fashion throughout the, the decades. You'll see, and we talk about it in the book, how you get one look that we, that, that reflects the times, that reflects the moment where maybe it's about the recession, it's about the politics, it's about the religion, but then all of a sudden, you know, we then get enough of that, we've had enough of that, or, and then we, we sort of recoil and almost apologize or do something completely the, diff- the opposite in fashion. And fashion, you know, has uh, is very connected to the pulse of youth, uh, and, and you, know, you really feel that that whole look and the, and the way the magazines are translated and the designers that arise uh, reflect what's happening in society at the time and at that moment of course it was all about we don't want any more androgyny, we don't want any more heroin <laughs> chic we, we want this um, you know, we, we, women want to be more voluptuous they want to be sexy and you know, we don't need to be stereotyped by that anymore so you know, she was a, a great catalyst for that
1: Okay, okay, No, that, that's, a, that's a great explanation and it's, it's like I said, she's She's someone that I've been watching and I've seen the effect she's had on pop culture and you, with your expertise, have kind of validated that. Um, My last question around this, around the industry, and I think this ties up to your journey. And first off, I really appreciated you telling us that um, this book was a give back. So my last question um, is kind of in that give back, paid forward sense. Let's say you met a 21-year-old version of yourself, someone who got into the fashion industry, they want to now become a photographer. Maybe they were a model. Maybe they were a fashion designer. It doesn't matter. They've reached the adult age where they have made that decision saying, I want to really get into this. What advice would you give them knowing all that you've known, knowing what you have written after this book? What would you give that 21-year-old version of yourself?
0: I mean, I, I think that, you know, the, 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 and I get asked this in, in some respects all the time, not in the same fashion, but I get asked it by, by individuals who literally call, email me and say, you know, what do I have to do to be a success like you? Or what do I have to do to become a model? I want to be a fashion photographer. and I want to be in magazines. What do I do? You know, and I hear it constantly. And obviously, there, there is no sort of secret potion or magic bullet or any one, you know, set of steps that you can do to that, that create success, and well, you know, I, I feel very lucky and very blessed in what's happened to me, you know, and, and I've had a, you know, great opportunity. Um, but that being said, you know, one has to acknowledge opportunity and seize the moment, uh, and I feel that, you know, sometimes people let. Luck go by and and they don 't react to, to what 's happening around them and and actually make the most of it um, but a, a big part of that is wanting to make a difference is is desiring to make change and not just copying or. You know, or, or referencing other people or other people's work or other things. If you think of, not to say that fashion photography or, f- or modeling is some sort of art form per se, um, but there is an art form to it. And, and there are photographers who are fashion photographers who are incredible artists who have done amazing work that stands the test of time, that, that, that stand in museums and, and, and tell the story of, of, of society and pop culture and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, Abaddon's and Irving Penn's and, 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 and many, many others, of course. Um, you know, and, but you, you know that when they were shooting they weren't asking their, their you know, um, fellow photographers or editors do you like what I'm doing is it okay on the contrary they were taking a picture shooting it being done and knowing that it was done there it wasn't, it wasn't even digital you couldn't even look at the film you, you just know you had it you know, and walking away and going we've got the shot you know, and and, and I—that's how you know I started in that same vein um, in the '80s, and you know, shooting films throughout into the 2000s. And you know, there's an element of, as an artist, you know, do you ask someone, do I put another, you know, splash of paint in the corner over there, or do you say no, mm-hmm. I, I've actually finished with my painting, this is it. You know, you, you have to like what you do. You have to know when you're done. You have to know when you've got it. Um, and, you know, it, it's hard to train that. You can teach someone all the aspects of photography. You can, you know, all, the, all the, the, the tricks and how to light something and all the rest of it. And there are photographers out there who are known for lighting. And that's something that, you, you know, you can do. But if you're dealing with people and models are obviously people, and for me, as much as politics and social, uh, you know, um, environmental, you know, things affect us in, in the world, you know, it is people that breathe life into into those world events. It's people that breathe life into religion, into politics. It isn't actually the politics itself. And so when you, when you talk about those people being able to have a relationship, create chemistry, um, bring that person to life, I think that's what makes a photograph iconic and magic and makes you desirable as a, as a, as an artist, you know, and in order to do that, you know, power, knowledge is power rather. And, and so, you know, Learn about who you're photographing. Learn as much as you can. Be knowledgeable about the business um, and enjoy it all. Enjoy the, enjoy the knowledge and you know, soak yourself in it. Immerse yourself in it. And, and, and it, it does rub off. And, and realize, too, it's a big business. There's a lot of things you can do. And, and I've enjoyed being a photographer. I've enjoyed being a model. I've enjoyed being an author. I've enjoyed being on television. And I certainly love getting involved with the hair and the makeup and the styling. And not that I, I do it, but I, I like to know what I want So when I get it, I'm happy with it. Um, So, you know, again, that, you know, knowledge is power. So enjoy yourself. Get out there in the world. This is a big business. It's a booming multi-billion dollar business. And there's plenty of room for other people.
1: I love that. And in lieu of that theme of knowledge is power, I highly encourage everyone to buy Nigel Barker's book, Models of Influence, It's an amazing book. It's published by Harper Design. Uh, I believe it's come out this month. And Nigel, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, and from the the many people that appreciate the amazing work you do, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for making the world be a better place. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing your continued success. You're very sweet. Thank you very much, and the same to you. All the best. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.